All right, what's up, y'all? Good morning. This is an early morning start for Houston and I here on the Comprehensivist Podcast. It's, I mean, we're talking 5.30 a.m. San Antonio time for Houston over there. It is early. I like it, man. I, I like getting this early start. Oh, me too. But I was just telling you, like, what's interesting is uh, I, I didn't really take into account that um, I've obviously been asleep the past several hours. And so I haven't spoken since last night. So my, my voice is kind of is not my voice isn't warmed up yet. So we got we have a little, little chatter here to warm my voice up before we dive into uh, our next topic. But um, I am now uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of uh, week three of remote work. Um, with uh, with our new life, and I, this is this week is weird, and we we'll have to. I'm gonna do a, we'll do a review next week. This is this is the first week we're doing a homeschool with my little dude, oh. and I, and it, you know it's cool. I kind of like it, man. A lot of I mean it's challenging to do my job and to monitor him, but it's kind of cool being part of like his daily lesson and watching him learn and, and do the some of the, the the lessons on the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't realize how good he was on a computer. You know, they obviously use computers at school, and they have all these cool little programs, little learning programs. But uh, I actually really like being part of uh, part of that. I think it's cool, man. That is cool. So, like the official remote stuff starts today for him, though, right? How do you think that's going to go? Oh, it started yesterday. It started oh, yesterday. Oh, oh yeah, today's yeah, yeah. Tuesday. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yesterday started the uh, his remote his his uh, his homeschool, and we just got notice uh, yesterday from the superintendent last night that it's now going to last all through April. Um, at this point, we we get, he's they're probably not going back to school until next until after the summer is what we we're we're prepping for that, and which which we're okay with. But it's hard for him, man, because like he just he just misses his friends, man. He wants to yeah. go be around his friends, and and so he's having a hard time like understanding. It's got to be like it's weird, dude. It's weird. we're in our forties, and it's weird. It's got to be so weird for a six year old when yeah. we say, okay, well, that me dude, you can't. The park is closed. Like everything, everything's closed. Like everything is closed. How do so, you uh, how do you explain it to him? Like, does he does he get it? Does he kind of know what's going on? Or he he actually does. I think his uh, his school and his daycare. Uh, well, he for during spring break he was going to our youngest ones. They do like a they have at, at my three year old at their daycare. They have like a school age section where kids are school age can also come and like hang out and play whatever. And they explained that they did a good job explaining. It. And we've explained it at home too, and so he understands it's a it's a virus going on. It's like like the flu or pneumonia. And so, of course, he's kind of worried. Like, am I going to get it? Are my friends going to get it? But we're kind of explaining to him like why we're doing this is because we're trying to protect people. That you know, saying like many of us could get sick, but many many of us will be okay. But we're trying to protect ourselves to spread it from those that won't be okay. Right. And so that's why we're all sheltering to try and limit the spread of the virus to hopefully get this thing, uh, you know, kind of out of our hair. And um, so he he understands, but he's uh, it's still he he has a lot of questions, man. <laughs> a lot of a lot of questions about it. <laughs> More than usual. But, so, yeah, for sure. But I mean, we all do, man. So, we're, so I, try, I tell him like we're all in the same boat, man. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's handling it the best we can, you know. So, like, luck, luckily, we have a lot of kids on the street here, and so I mean, we still get to see some of his friends and stuff. So, hey, are you guys we're having a good time on that topic? Real quick, are, are you is your neighborhood doing anything uh, for the kids? Like, for example, it was pretty cool. You know, we have a little neighborhood neighborhood Facebook page. I'm sure I've mentioned it in the past uh, on podcast somewhere, but uh, they did this cool thing last week, I think, where they kind of turned our neighborhood into, a, you know, I'm using air quotes, a zoo. So they had like all kind of people in the neighborhood put up uh, like stuffed animals in their windows. And then they would post oh, pictures cool. of it on Facebook. And then the kids, I think it was like last Tuesday was zoo day. So you could just, you know, put your stuffed animals up in the windows and the kids would walk around the neighborhood, you know, obviously separately with their parents. And they could look at the different stuffed animals in the windows. So yeah, it was kind of cool, like kind of kind of cheesy, but kind of neat. Did you, you guys do anything like that or? We haven't, um, not in this particular neighborhood, particular neighborhood but I, I, there are some um, 
I did read uh, here there are some school districts uh, nearby where they did a they did like a parade where all the teachers <laughs> like like did a parade so the kids can come and see the the their teachers and everything and so that was kind of cool. Um, but they, they have a lot of things. Uh, I mean, they're, we're trying to keep the kids occupied the best we can. Um, you know, it's, 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 God, it's, I can't, I just can't wait for this to be over, man. But I mean, I'm not going to lie. And I think everyone can agree. I, I'm, I'm totally enjoying the work at home thing. That's pretty cool. Like I, I told you yesterday, I had a, I had a, a big presentation to my team yesterday morning in my, my pajamas, you know, and I'm like, they don't know me in my PJs, but well, they do now, but, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. Like on my team at work there's a couple like old school people that don't like or you know claim not to like the work from home and think it's oh you know, stop it uh, uh, you know too difficult for people to do and now it's been a couple of weeks and they're starting to come around they're like you know i kind of like this it's a save a lot of time between meetings and blah 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 so even like the most old school of people on my team are, are digging it so i mean how can you not i, I get that no, it's, it's sure. boring to be stuck in the house but the work portion of it man i love yeah, for sure. I mean, our team, we're knocking on all kinds of projects right now. And, uh, yeah, and not to mention, it's nice to not have to spend, you know, at least 90 minutes of my day in the car. I'm saving a lot of money on gas right now. I'll tell you that, man. So, so yeah, now, of course, gas is, like, super cheap when <laughs> when nobody can go anywhere. I know, right? Dicks. Pool always sunny and start stocking stocking it up and bin. Wasn't it wasn't on that show where they put it in a yes. bunch of drums and try to <laughs> save it and sell it later? I missed that show. I haven't seen it in a while. All right, man. Why don't, why don't we dive into uh, this week's topic? And we want we want to thank everyone. We always ask people to like you know send us emails or tweets or whatever with like topic ideas. And we actually had someone was like, "How's my four hundred one k going to look after this?" And we said, "Okay, that that's a good idea." So we said that, that this would be good to kind of just go. And not to mention, we're you see in the news all the time now about um, you know the stock market's fluctuating and uh, and everything happening um, in the news. With uh, obviously with the virus and and everyone's investments, and so we thought, what if we just did a, a breakout uh, of just you, you know the basic financial terminology, fi- whatever you want to call it, finance slash investing. So we're gonna break down like the stock market. Uh, we're gonna break down how it's uh, how it's measured, definitions, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Talk about four hundred one k. And again, and I, I love, yet a great note here um, in our notes that this is a PSA. This is a Houston PSA. We are not giving financial advice. But we're just informing you of what to do. <laughs> of this is just basic definition. Like I mentioned, I, I mentioned this on a we did a couple Instagram videos over the weekend. I said a, a goal for me for this program. Obviously, we consider ourselves generalists, and we're trying to become more well-rounded and understand things better, and just have a general knowledge of everything. I said if you can listen to this podcast and then have a conversation with someone, and they think that you kind of know what you talk, kind of know what you're talking about, that would make me feel like we've accomplished our our goal here. So. Uh, you know, we are not experts by any means, but this is, you know, we're just, let's just go through some definitions and, and have some fun with it. And, uh, we, you know, let's, we're just to have, have a, take a fun look at, at all this kind of stuff. So, um, why don't, uh, Houston, why don't, uh, why don't you kick us off here? Why don't, uh, you give us, uh, this, well, let's start with some broad definitions, I think. Um, why not, why don't you just give us a, a broad definition here of what, when someone says the stock market, what the hell does that even mean? All right. That's a good question, Josh. I'm glad you asked because, I didn't realize this until I read a little bit about it is the difference between the stock market and stock exchanges. Because when I picture the stock market, I always think of, you know, the Dow Jones or the New York Stock mm-hmm. Exchange, something like that. But that's not the case. What the stock market is, it's a collection of markets and exchanges that allows basically for the buying and selling of publicly held companies, basically stocks. Mm-hmm. So when you when you think about the stock market, you're not thinking of a particular location. 
you're thinking about uh, the collection of all the different markets and all the different exchanges that we'll get into here in a minute. And I never really thought about that, um, the difference between the market and exchanges, because they're kind of, mm-hmm. those terms are used interchangeably. And I thought that was, all the time. that was pretty interesting. Yeah. The big takeaway is the stock market is a collection. It's not a physical location. Whereas versus the definition you have a stock exchange, on the other hand, I, I love this. Uh, yeah. Securities exchanges or bourse. Yeah, I never heard that. B-O-U-R-S-E. That's interesting. Uh, is a facility where stockbrokers and traders can buy and sell securities such as uh, shares of stock and bonds, other financial instruments. So basically, the question for you, Houston, the exchange, is that just an, uh, a physical location that is qualified to uh, house this type of uh, trading activity? Yeah, and I never thought about it that way, but it makes sense. Yeah, the, so the exchange is a way to think about it is it is a physical location. And when, it, when I say physical location, interesting as well. Uh, some of these, I believe it's the NASDAQ, which we'll get into here in a second. Uh, it's not like a trading floor, like you picture the stockbrokers, you know, throwing up stock tickets and yelling at each other and yelling in the phones. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to necessarily be that. It could be like a, a data center or a call center where the actual exchanges of money and the buying and selling of stocks take place. So basically, if you know you buy a stock and it goes through a you know a system, a computer, what have you. Uh, that location is technically the stock exchange, and I found that pretty interesting. Obviously, the the biggest one everyone knows about the New York Stock Exchange, also known as the Big Board. I mean, you see it every morning on the on the news, and they have someone they come in and like ring the bell. They always have some celebrity or somebody come in and ring the bell. That's obviously the world's largest stock exchange by market capitalization of its listed companies. In February 2018, it was 30.1 trillion dollars. Can you even wrap your head around that kind of money? Like you can't. You can't. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Um, and obviously, NASDAQ is the second most popular exchange. That one is at $10 trillion. That one, that's second. That's funny. It's at the second most popular with $10 trillion. That's, that's $10, $10 trillion is only number two. Come on. So now. I think like, when people picture um, the stock market, they picture the New York Stock Exchange, which is an exchange. So agreed. Interesting. Interesting. Like you said, the. Yeah, like you said, the picture of people like at the, the they got the hands in the air with <laughs> the paper, they just screaming, screaming to phones. It looks like it's like panic, but it looks kind of fun yeah, at the same yeah, time. I don't know. So why don't we go into uh, how these are measured with the uh, the indices here? Uh, obviously, uh, you hear every day on the news: Nasdaq, Dow Jones, S and P five hundred. Why don't we go into those real quick? Um, if you want, I'll start with the uh, the Nasdaq Composite. Uh, that is a stock market index of the common stocks and similar securities uh, listed in the Nasdaq uh, stock market. Uh, along with uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P, it is one of the three most followed indices in the U.S. stock markets. Obviously, uh, the composite of the Nasdaq is heavily weighted towards uh, information technology companies, uh, that you know, IT, that kind of stuff. Uh, Nasdaq 100, whose components are a subset of Nasdaq uh, Nasdaq composites, account for 90 percent of the Nasdaq uh, composites movement. Um, so uh, that's kind of where the NASDAQ is. And so that's one of the three. Obviously, we just mentioned the big three, NASDAQ, Dow Jones, S&P. Um, this one is primarily, like I said, heavily weighted towards um, information Which I, I technology didn't know. I companies. Didn't know that. So you learned another thing. So it ba- sounds basic, there but I didn't go. know that. Yeah, for sure. How about we go into Dow Jones? Yeah. <laughs> Dow Jones. We love this one, and we'll get into why probably. Which I, I can't say without laughing. So Dow Jones, same thing. It's an index. Uh, I didn't. I also didn't know this. It tracks only 30 companies, 30 large publicly owned blue chip uh, companies. I didn't know it was that small. I'm using air quotes again, small. Uh, and what, what when you hear blue chip, what's a blue chip stock? Well, basically what it means, it's 
it's a huge firm, multinational firm, mm-hmm. been in operation for many years. So it's it's companies like uh, Coca Cola, Disney, Pepsi, Walmart, GE. Uh, you know, people like that. Uh, dominant leaders. The big, in their the big dogs. All the, the big, big dogs. dogs. Yeah, blue chips. So I mean, it sounds obvious, but again, so Dow Jones. Isn't that funny? Thirty companies like own all of the money. Yeah, yeah. Like you can tell how the economy is <laughs> going based on thirty companies. I, Who knew? Thirty companies. That's it makes insane. sense, though. I guess. Um, well, it, should, I, it does. I shouldn't say all the money. I, I make yeah, it a, a joke. A big out chunk. Of that. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, then finally, we the third. Uh, uh, most popular index is the S&P 500, a stock market index that tracks the stocks of 500 large-cap U.S. companies, represents the stock market's performance by reporting the risks and returns of the biggest companies. Uh, investors use it as the benchmark of the overall market to which all of their investments are compared. So this one's kind of more, this this to me, S&P 500 is like the generalist of the index. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's kind of like, like I said, investors use it as, as the benchmark of the overall market, whereas, like we mentioned before, Dow Jones is kind of like the top 30 big dog companies. Then you've got the uh, NASDAQ is kind of the IT companies. S&P is really a measure of the 500 large cap companies that give you kind of an overall sense of how the market's yeah, doing. Yeah, and I think this one's became very popular uh, the last few years. Yeah. I, yeah, I hear it all the time. And I know there's, we'll get into it in here in a second, but a lot of you know mutual funds and whatnot track along. They just basically uh, buy stocks that are listed on the S&P 500 and they kind of track that. So it's, you know, it's a pretty big one right now. You do hear that more often than like you used to. You typically it used to only be Dow Jones and Nasdaq, but S and S and P is coming yeah, in hot, man. Can't stop S and P. Why don't we go into some basic uh, definitions here of um, you know stocks, bonds, mutual funds? Um, why don't you kick us off sure. with stocks? Yeah, so we've been talking about the different stock exchanges and the different ind- indices. So what is a stock? Well, it's basically a security that represents ownership in a company. So when you buy a share of IBM, you technically have a little tiny bit of ownership in IBM. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a way f- for the companies, you, you don't really think about this, you think of, um, from the buy perspective, you think of, yeah, you buy stocks to try to uh, invest your money, grow your money, those kind of things. But it's also a way for those companies, when you buy a stock of IBM, you're giving them money to kind of raise and grow their company, invest in their business, those kind of things. So something yep. you don't really think about uh, from the company perspective, but it does help them invest in their own business. Yeah, it's really like uh, it's um, the best the best way for for me to understand it. I got to dumb it down in, in my my brain here. Is um, stocks and equity are kind of the same. And you think of like for those of us in our forties that are homeowners, like you build equity in your home. Like obviously, like if if you go to this great site, go to uh, redfin.com, it'll kind of give you like a realistic value of of your, your what your homes home's value is it's like i can go right now and i've seen that my the value of my home has gone up about 30 percent since we bought it you know four years ago so it's so it's interesting so it's equity uh it's by definition it's the ownership of assets after debt is paid off so it's so it's it's not like it's the way i dumb it down it's not money that you've made yet but money that you like I, we've already this has been a wise investment for us like that's why real estate and home ownership is such a wise investment because typically that's that's going to happen all the time and that's how that's for the stock you know when you dumb it down stock is kind of the same thing you're you're kind of investing in the equity of a company um and uh you know you got to keep an eye on those indexes to see how your stock is doing you know it's got to keep an eye um s&p baby uh mutual funds uh, now this is um uh, mutual funds. Uh, now, I, I, and I'll get into this later, but um, I have uh, I have some investment accounts on the side that um, with, that I've had since I was uh, 
I was a wee lad, and they're comprised mostly of mutual funds, uh, investments that pull your money together with other investors to purchase shares of a collection of stocks, bonds, or other securities referred to as a portfolio that might be difficult to recreate, uh, recreate on your own. Mutual funds are typically overseen by a portfolio manager. Uh, mutual funds are great because they hold a variety of investments, which can make it easier for investors to diversify through ownership of individual stocks or bonds. Like I said here, and this, this is probably the we don't want to get. We're not going to give advice because we're not experts. But the one piece of advice here it says here, uh, you know, a mutual fund is typically overseen by a portfolio manager. That's what we have. We have someone in our family that's helped us with our financing for, for my my parents. Someone that we've had for a long time in our family, and that's probably my best piece of advice is because uh, all this is complicated. Get someone that you trust. If you don't know someone, ask your family, ask your friends. Someone will know someone that they trust. That you know, that, that, that an agency or a firm or someone that can help you with these. Cause it's it's so damn complicated. And so that's yeah. what I, I got a guy. I got a guy that helps <laughs> me out. And so it's it's really good. Yeah. so um, that's so I'm I'm most versed in the world of mutual yeah. funds. And myself. this was cool too because I, I never pictured it like this. But you mentioned mutual funds allow you to pool your money together with other investors. So I, I never looked at it like that. I always thought of mutual funds as, um, you know, a group of different kind of, you know, stocks and securities for you. But I never pictured it as you're pulling your money with other people to be able to buy uh, those buckets of different stocks and whatnot. So I, I never pictured it like that. So that was kind of kind of cool to read. Now, there you go. What's up with bonds, man? Bonds. Um, not a lot of people know a lot about bonds. Really. Like, I, you know, I, I do not. World, but, I don't. Um, so what a bond is... Again, I never looked at it like this until reading more about it. It's actually a loan to a company or a government institution. So when you buy a, a bond, you're basically not investing that money to grow necessarily, but you're giving that company or that government uh, institution a loan. You're giving them 10, 10 grand and they're going to give you uh, back that money at a certain point in time, just like they would with a car loan or a home mm -hmm. loan or anything. And it's going to have a fixed rate of return. So whereas like stocks, mutual funds, you don't necessarily know your rate of return. You're kind of taking a little bit of a risk. A bond, it's a loan. So you're going to, you're going to know what your return is. It's, you know, the experts and, you know, even if you know anything about it, much, much safer, uh, not a lot of risk in bonds. That, yeah, that was, I mean, I, I've, I don't own a company yet, but, uh, um, I wasn't sure, like I, I, I never dive into the world of bonds. So that was interesting. So that's good stuff. See, look at, look at how much we're learning already. <laughs> now, why don't we dive just for a, a couple minutes? Um, what started this whole thing off, uh, was uh, talking about, uh, you know, retirement, uh, IRA, Roth IRA, 401k. Um, now I, I've obviously, I've, I don't, why don't you take the IRA and Roth situation. I'm, I'm not okay. super versed on that, and I can dive into the 401k if you want to do that. Gotcha. So the IRAs <laughs> are basically individual retirement accounts. Um, so what it is is you basically open, start an IRA on your own. Um, it's kind of your responsibility. Again, you know, some of these will go through portfolio uh, mm -hmm. professionals and managers and those kind of things. But what this is, you're setting up a retirement account for yourself. Okay, so there's a lot of advantages of doing either an IRA or a Roth IRA. Uh, mm -hmm. They're two different things. And I know a lot of you probably know this, but I'll go over it real quick. Uh, so the difference between a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA is you're going to get tax breaks on both of these things when you invest your money in these retirement accounts. But uh, when you get those tax breaks is different. So with a traditional mm -hmm. IRA, uh, your whatever money you put into that, Though that money is tax deductible in the year that those um, contributions are made. Okay, so if, if I'm Josh, hold me accountable. If I'm confusing this, let me know. But 
I got so you. let's say you put in a thousand dollars in your IRA this year. That money, that thousand dollars now is tax deductible that in this year. Okay. Got it. Roth IRA, it's tax deductible um, when you withdraw in retirement. So you put in, you know, twenty thousand dollars in your Roth IRA over the next twenty years. You retire. When you start withdrawing that money, it's it's not taxed at that point in time. So it depends when you want your money to get taxed. I'm not going to go into the advantages of one or another. Again, yeah. <laughs> speak to a professional about that. Um, but there, the difference is when it's tax deductible. I hope I made sense of that. You did, and that's that's good. Like I said, I know um, you got to break it down for dummies like me, just because I don't, I have not uh, dived into um, IRAs at this time. I've always, you know, I've um, had a 401k going since I was in my early 20s. So uh, I haven't really, uh, Devin said that that's very interesting um, to, uh, to understand. And I can't, you know, and again, you got to get it. People, this is, it's so complicated. You got to get an expert to help you with some of this stuff, Absolutely. man. When, yeah. when, some, when you're messing with your money, unless you're just really damn good. Um, now, 401k, like I mentioned, um, savings and investing plan offered by employers. Everyone kind of knows uh, uh, knows it's up with that. Again, this, these plans give employees a tax break on the money to set aside for retirement. Um, and many employers um, do offer to match a portion of what you save. And this is like free money. And this is, God, I could still hear my dad. He <laughs> he was, uh, you know, he would always t- tell you, he always wanted me to put in the, the max I could. And he was like, it's free money. Make sure you do it. Um, you know, you, a contribution to a traditional 401k plan taken out of your paycheck before the IRS takes this cut, which is really nice. Um, now, if you leave your job, you can roll your roll it over into an IRA, which now we know, uh, which we just mentioned over there. Yep. Uh, thanks to Houston. Um, the contributions also can uh, lower your income taxes. Um, now, I'm going to skip real quick. I want to come back real fast to compound interest because um, uh, this is a, a good thing you added here that I want you to, to dive into. Um, but what's interesting, uh, I've been to a, a handful of different uh, websites and resources, and they say that uh, your 401k, if you're in your early 40s, that you should have two times your annual salary if you to be to be on track for a, a nice uh, healthy retirement you know, at 65. And I gotta tell you, <laughs> I do not have that. That's why it's it's uh, you have a you mentioned um, uh, in the notes here about being a big smarter when you're younger. I, I wish I was smarter when I was younger. I wish I would have put more in. Um, I didn't really take it super seriously until I was in my my 30s. Um, and so uh, if all you young youngins out there definitely make that max contribution um get to that two times annual salary in your four uh, in your 40s and uh, and get there to a happy retirement you know you know I'm, I'm glad josh that you added that note in there i mean i i consider myself like somewhat knowledgeable in this world not not obviously if you listen to me talk right now you probably don't think so but somewhat knowledgeable but i've never heard or seen that number that you want two times your salary in there in your early 40s i never saw that so it'll give me uh something to shoot for over the next uh, couple years but i wonder that that, that's 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 asking a lot so i don't know if anybody had how how realistic that is but they're they're saying that's what that's what you should have um but now i guess it depends on how long you're at your like i've only been at my current company what four and a half years i mean to yeah. get that much money in there in that short of time now you know granted you can roll things over but we there i'll speak for myself i haven't been in like the corporate environment uh you know very long four and a half years basically i was you mm-hmm. know military before that we didn't mess with any of this stuff so it's um time goes quick so start contributing to that 401k yeah for sure man um i wish i would have saved a little more um uh in my my early my early career would have made my dad happier, but um, 
I just I just didn't put it. I was just doing like minimal contributions. Um, but obviously, as I get older, get smarter. Um, you know, it's just it's nice to have that now. You don't want to check it right now because, <laughs> yeah, because I there, everything. I I actually did that last week because um, we were we were wrapping up a few things with our uh, tax guy and I had to go pull some forms and uh mm-hmm. and what's interesting like in February it was like a peak high I was like oh man February was great <laughs> then, then coronavirus came and plummeted but like like my guy said mm-hmm. these things it's gonna fluctuate it's gonna bounce back don't panic. Um, that's how you know that, that the market's going to fluctuate with all this stuff. It's going to look bad now, and you hear the experts on TV saying the same thing. If you listen, to the, listen to the real experts on TV, um, they'll tell you the same thing. You know, the market bounces back. It's you know it might take a little while, but you know don't don't panic before one k. But yeah, maybe Houston. If you haven't checked in a while, just just let, let it slide. For oh a while. yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna hold off for a little bit. Yeah, don't, it, don't check it till. Maybe 2021. When I saw that number, when you said uh, two times salary, I was like, I I wonder if I have that. I'm like, I'm going to go look and see how close I am to that or whatever. And I was like, I probably don't want to do that right now. (laughs) Yeah, now's not not a good time. So why don't we dive into compound interest? Okay, yeah. So compound interest is confusing and simple at the same time, but it's very, very important. (laughs) This whole thing is confusing and simple at the same time. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Hopefully we're (laughs) making it uh, less confusing. So um, compound interest, what is it? Basically, so when you picture, you put hundred dollars into the one of the stock, you no, know, into the stock market. You buy hundred dollars worth of stock, uh, and, and you think, you know, you're going to get five percent back. You're going to get ten percent back. Whatever the number you want to throw out there, that's kind of like what you would consider interest. What compound interest is is um, at the end of the year. Let's say you put in hundred dollars, you made five percent. At the end of the year, you now have hundred five dollars. Well, compound interest is the next year is you're gaining that interest on that $105, not the $100. So it's basically interest Got on it. interest. So oh, okay. um, basically, the more money you put in early in your investing career, if you will, uh, the more you're going to make because that interest just compounds itself. You're not only getting the 5% back on your original investment, you're getting the 5% back now every year on that original investment plus the interest that's already going. So it I sounds... Obvious and easy, but a lot of people don't consider that. So the importance of compound interest is you got to start early. The earlier the st- you start, the much, much better you're going to be off. You see these n- different numbers all the time, but I, what I see kind of the rule of thumb is you can, du- if everything goes well, your investments go as, as well as you hope or as well as you think, you're going to double your money every seven years. So if you invest that $100 at 20, you know, hopefully by... Uh, 27, you're going to have uh, $200. Okay. So you can see mm-hmm. the importance in starting early. If you start at 25, it gives in versus if you start at 40, you're going to have two more, uh, I guess, investment periods. So you're going to have two more of those seven year periods to double your money. So the earlier this, you start that the doubling of your money that adds up really quick over time. So again, point is start early. That's um, really, really good advice. And it's funny because you hear some of these terms here, compound interest. It just, yeah. it's, it, sounds, it sounds kind of intimidating, actually, on the surface, but it makes uh, complete sense. And this is in reference to um, uh, IRAs, yeah, like IRA, Roth IRA, if you're starting sure. to, to uh, pour some money into that. Well, so, yeah, so, uh, f- again, I'll speak for myself here. We, we already touched on this, but, man, Josh, I wish I would have had, I wish someone would have just put that, you know, idea of compound interest in my head when mm-hmm. I was 20 years old. I wish I would have thought about that 
knew more about it, knew what it meant, knew the importance of those kind of seven-year, eight-year fi- uh, figures, whatever you want to use uh, mm-hmm. to double your money. I didn't, I didn't know that, man. I didn't learn it in school. Don't you wish? Did you? I don't know if you remember like junior high or high school. I didn't learn about compound interest at all. I was taking PE classes in Spanish for two years. Don't you wish you would have learned a little more about this in, in high school? Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm not not to say that I they didn't teach it. I, 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 there may have been some lessons here and there, um, but uh, these are some. You know, it's, it's interesting when you when you go through school, like then you know, they teach you. You know, when you start learning about, you know, reading, science, math, that kind of like there there should be more class. Maybe there is that. Maybe it's just different. Maybe I, I just don't remember. But they should have like just like common sense life classes. Just you know what I mean? Like just wait. And this is one and and. Future investment should be one, but the the problem it's with that, that I think teachers would have like how do you explain that to like a you know a sixteen seventeen year old and they say okay listen in ten years when you're in the workforce here's what you need to do you're like oh shut up you know like you just don't you're not gonna pay attention but I I do I mean I say it all the time now that in my forties God if I made certain decisions when I was younger um, you know certain I may have a better financial outlook um, not that financial outlook now is bad but like you know like it, I wish I would have listened to to my dad a little bit more and he was telling me to put put more into my 401k and to make certain moves that, that I didn't do um you know but yeah I always kind of wish they uh, kind of wish I made some maybe better they, decisions but maybe everyone, they tie I think up, everyone maybe, maybe they do this I don't know I haven't been in school in a long time but uh I, maybe they could tie up some of this finance stuff in like math class like instead of doing you know eight plus eight can you do you know some kind of learn about compound interest how it works I don't know maybe they do that there is uh, interesting news right now going on. I just found an article on CNBC.com uh, the other day about uh, the, um, there is discussion during this kind of uh, economic downturn we're having right now because of the coronavirus that you might be able to pull from your 401k with no penalties. Now, typically, if you do pull early from your 401k, there's going to be some penalties with that. Um, that's why you put, it, you, put it, you put it there. You put it there, and you don't want to touch it. You want to leave it. <laughs> that's the whole, the whole damn point is to use it down the road. But obviously, people are kind of in financial crisis right now. Some people are. People are losing jobs, losing businesses, that kind of thing. And so um, there is discussion uh, about uh, penalty-free withdrawals coming, uh, coming soon from the IRS. Now, um, like you, experts warn against this. I, in my opinion, um, I think uh, some people are, are going to. I don't. I don't know how you don't do it if you're, you know, if you're a small business owner and all of a sudden, you know, you have to be closed for three months and you've got no money coming in. Yeah. Um, you know, I know we got a stimulus. We'll get into stimulus uh, here shortly, but um, I think uh, I, I. I don't. I know you're not supposed to, but I, if I was in a situation, I, I probably would. If I if I had to, if I was super desperate and you got to pay a mortgage and you got kids to feed, like, what are you going to do? You know. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, yes. like you said, experts warn against this, but I mean, you can't tell that to someone who's not able to pay their rent or feed their kids decent food. Um, I, th- I think a lot of the complaint with this was, I think the new rule, I don't know if this is officially passed yet, but they're saying you can withdraw up to $100,000 from your uh, 401k. That That's a lot, probably uh, shouldn't tempt people with that, but I don't know, it's it's their money. Um, I'm, I'm torn on this one because... Again, I'm no expert, but I'll agree with them and say you probably shouldn't do this. But, man, you got to do what you got to do. You got to eat. If you're not getting penalized for it, you know, it's it's an option. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you want to dive into uh, – why don't we dive real quick into a recession? Um, maybe just maybe just quickly because I've, I've, this is kind of a depressing topic for people because this may be happening now. But uh, basically uh, – 
recession uh, as, as it uh, relates to the overall economy is considered a significant decline in general economic activity and, and des- uh, I can't talk in a designated region it had been typically recognized as two uh, consecutive quarters of economic decline normally accompanied by an increase in unemployment a decline in the housing market and a drop in the stock market now that's this is very this is an interesting time to, to talk about this right now because mm-hmm. uh, we may be heading toward one as we speak. What are your thoughts on these things? Yeah, I, this is another kind of thing I learned. There, there's no like official way to measure when you're in recession, but but the, the two quarters, two consecutive quarters of decline, uh, I thought was interesting. I, something I kind of learned reading this. I, I, we're headed there, right? Like we're in in the first quarter of that right now, I mean, mm. taking big hits, um, stock market's been down. The unemployment's a huge one at this point. Yeah. Uh, I think you and I were talking before we hit record is like gas is, for example, gas is so cheap right now, but you can't get out there and use it. So like people aren't yeah. out there spending money, uh, which nope. sounds obvious, but that's a, it's going to take a, the economy's going to take a big hit. Um, yeah, the, the characteristics most recessions have here, they got high interest rates, high inflation, or both. Um, obviously, high interest rates are going to limit the amount of money available to borrow and can signal the beginning of a recession. Um, real wages uh, become a problem. Uh, real, wages, uh, real wages describe how far out uh, our income stretches, which everyone is kind of <laughs> dealing with that right now. Like when you start thinking about what could happen down the road. And a reduction in consumer confidence. And I think that to me is like the biggest key, the reduction in consumer confidence and um and that's where uh, that's where the real kind of I guess that that that's to me is where everything's going to kind of steamroll off of that. That there's a reduction in consumer confidence. You're not going to spend money. Then all of a sudden, those real wages become a huge problem. Um, interest rates interest rates are going to go up. You're not spending money. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be crazy. Um, and so like in my like I I work in the uh, uh, you know I, I don't go into my my personal you know career very much, but um, I work in the live events venues slash hospitality industry and i can tell you our industry is taking an absolute beating with this whole thing right now uh, my linkedin is full of people that have been laid off or furloughed or, or things and so um it is absolutely insane so hopefully for the sake of um of, of my industry <laughs> and uh and I've, there are people i people i'm seeing on my linkedin that have had like 16 year vets or more that are just they you know there's just nothing coming in so it's um it's really, really tough. So hopefully we get in the other side of this uh, fast sooner than later. You know, it's wild how, you know, two months of, of this can eliminate jobs and like that people have been doing for 16 years. It's weird how quick, quick it happens. Crazy. This happened uh, very quickly, but there is uh, some good news um, on the, uh, the other end of this is that there is a stimulus package on the way. And why don't you dive into that? Yeah. So government, I, I believe it's official official at this point of, as of a few days ago. So they passed a, I think it was 2.2 trillion trillion dollar relief effort. Um, so they're the government's trying to help out the American citizens um, with financial impacts of the Corona outbreak. Uh, so we thought this would be interesting to look into. Hey, for the average family out there, how is this or how can this stimulus package help? So let's let's get into uh, some of those things real quick. So. Uh, this is, I mean, a lot of this money, the $2.2 trillion is going to small businesses and different industries and whatnot, but a lot of it is actually going to the, again, air quotes, I think that's the third time I said that today, I apologize, <laughs> uh, to the average family. Um, so what they did is they're going to send stimulus checks directly to individuals. Not everybody's going to qualify for these things. If you make too much money, you're not going to get one. You know, if you're a certain age, you might not get one. There's, there's stipulations, so don't get too excited. Um, but they're going to send checks 
$1,200 checks, I believe, to individuals or $2,400 checks uh, if you're married and you file your taxes jointly. And if you have kids, um, uh, you could get $500 per kid, which sounds kind of funny when you say it out loud. But again, there's a lot of stipulations here. Not everybody qualifies, but a lot of people are going to get uh, these $1,200 checks. So that, that, that can help. I know that's not a ton, a ton of money, but for a lot of people, I mean, that's going to help pay rent. It's going to buy groceries. It's going to just give them some relief. Um, so that's, that's a good thing. I think, Josh, I think a big one was the unemployment benefits. Um, so you just mentioned, you know, a lot of people are going to be out of work in the coming months and they expand, the government is going to expand the kind of benefits that you can get up, you can get if you're unemployed. I mean, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me or off the top of my head, but um, they, what I've seen, they, they went up big. They went up huge. Like, you know, you used to be able to get X amount of money. Now you can get X plus, you know, 10 uh, money. So it, it seems like a, a, a pretty good thing. And a lot of the experts um, that I've seen kind of commenting on these unemployment benefits uh, seem to be pretty happy about it. Yeah, and what's also good, I mean, obviously, like you said, not everyone's going to qualify, but the, the money is going to go to people that need it the most, which is which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also something to, to keep in mind that um, on the other side of this, especially like in my, like, you know, I guess I work in the hospitality um, industry of sorts. Um, on the other end of this, like, it's going to bounce back, you know, we, we feel it's going to bounce back pretty good. Like, you know, once people can can go out and go to bars again, go to go to events again, go to concerts, um, go to restaurants. Once people can go out, people are probably going to be jonesing to gather house you know, to do things. So, and so we know it's going to come back. So um, a lot of people that have been uh, obviously been furloughed, people that have been let go. Um, you know, I've been reading a lot that that the expectation is a lot of them um, should be able to uh, hopefully uh, find work. Um, you know, once once everything bounces back. So hopefully this uh, doesn't last uh, too too long. Um, why don't we dive real quick? You're seeing this in the news a lot too. Going back real fast, um, uh, when it comes to like fraud, safety, protecting your money, that kind of thing, um, there are certain laws in place to help you uh, protect your money and keep investors, on, uh, investors and traders honest. Um, you're seeing this in the news right now, actually. We'll do a, a, just a, a, a few kind of quick. Uh, uh, definitions like insider trading is the illegal, illegal practice of trading on the stock exchange to one's own advantage through having access to confidential information. Uh, securities fraud. This is happening uh, in the news right now. You're probably seeing this in the news where um, uh, Wyndham Hotel's uh, uh, shareholder, uh, Alan Jacobson, he filed a lawsuit Monday in Washington. Uh, this is last Monday, I apologize, uh, suing uh, Senator Richard Burr uh, for securities fraud connected to stock sales he made after private coronavirus briefings, uh, according to uh, court papers. This lawsuit accuses the senator of violating the Stock Act. Um, it's a 2012 law that bans members of Congress from profiting from non-public information they learn on the job. Uh, and so it's uh, it's really interesting to think about that because it's, it's almost like a morality. Like, if you had this information, what would you do with it? But... Um, but th- there are strict laws and rules in place that prevent this from happening. So, um, and th- there are pretty stiff penalties too. So, like if you have insider information, um, you know, and uh, you start dumping your stock off, and then like the stuff that isn't publicly known, um, you know, it's almost like a like a fairness act <laughs> of sorts. Like, you know, you have, you have to you have to play. Uh, um, they they're tried to, to keep it as uh, you know again trying to keep people honest with with their money and and their information. So I think the whole the whole point of this is to saying that this information, um, any information that can be considered um, advantageous should be shared with everybody. Um, and so if you have that information and you start making moves on this information without sharing that information, there you could be in trouble for that. Yeah, this is I, this sounds very boring, but I want to go and read some of these laws because. 
this is a rhetorical question. Don't don't answer it, Josh. But like, what are you supposed to do if you have that information? I, that's like, what I just said. I yeah, mean, like I, that's a dilemma, man. I don't tough like, personal call. Tough personal call. If you got, and I know everyone pictures you know members of Congress all rich, fat, and happy. Not all of them are like that. So like, mm-hmm. if you're you know a representative from you know some district in Texas and you got this information and you know you want to. Um, you know, save a little money to protect the future of your family. Like, what do you do? That's man, that's tricky right there. So I, I actually want to uh, read some of these laws and see how they uh, see what kind of loopholes exist and those kind of things. Cause it, it, it's, it's an interesting topic when you really think about it. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just, it's all about uh, just keeping this information public. Um, but yeah. If you get some kind of tip, you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, it's, it's really, I mean, we, Maybe we shouldn't even talk about it anymore because that's the kind of trouble we're going to get into. But um, something else to keep your eyes peeled for uh, in the world of investments. And, and you're seeing there's all kind of scams out there happening right now, especially um, with this uh, coronavirus situation. But um, there's a few, obviously, um, probably the most common one you hear um, a lot about is a Ponzi scheme, which is kind of a weird name for it. But it's kind of named after the guy that developed this scheme uh, many decades ago. But it's basically a form of fraud in which uh, belief in the success of a non-existent enterprise is fostered by the payment of quick returns to the first investors from money invested by later investors. So basically, the person running the scheme, he's just using money. He's getting investors in to this, whatever his scheme is, and he's using the money from investors down the road to pay future. And so it's like a circle of, he's basically just taking, he's pay, take, he's getting money from new investors, tossing that money to the previous uh, investors and this circle of, um, you know, money he's in taking. If I'm saying, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but, but it's basically, he's just using money. He just, there's nothing, there's no real like assets. He's just, you know, that's, this is some, he's pretending, pretending to make, uh, returns on his investments, uh, for the early investors, but he's not, it's just handing one, handing money from one new investor to one older investor. Yeah. And that's it. And you see that, uh, on occasion, um, pyramid scheme, I think is, uh, uh, the very same thing. Uh, initial schemer recruits other investors who in turn recruit other investors and so on. Uh, the later late joining investors pay the person who recruited them the right to participate and perhaps to sell a certain product. Um, there's this, there's, it, it's just, you know, the, I know it's, that's funny. It's a pyramid. It really should be a circle. It's just like a circle yeah. of money. So it's, um, those are things you got to keep your eyes peeled for. And of course, also we want to talk about just being, just use common sense. You're going to, you're going to get all these crazy phone calls probably over the next uh, you know, couple of months from, you know, things about how to protect your money during, during the situation. Again, don't just <laughs> use your expert talk to your employer like don't you know don't don't and if someone that calls you on the phone that says hey i'm gonna help you with your money like i think you should maybe maybe drop that call well why don't we transition this real quick uh before we sign off here um one thing that that kind of got us on this whole uh you, you always hear us joke about stocks bonds dow jones that's from the uh the highly underrated uh freddie got fingered movie from I believe 2001 with Tom Green, the hilarious Tom Green, where and part of that movie he he pretends to be like a New York stockbroker to try and impress this girl, and all he does is he doesn't when she's asked about his job he's just like, uh, you know that I have stocks, bonds, Dow Jones, Nasdaq, New York City, and he's just basically tossing terms around, and it's so funny, and it's uh I just I, swear, I just love that movie. Buy low, sell high. Movie. That's a advice right there. Boom. Vilos, you gotta be very smart. You know, you gotta you, you got you gotta buy, look for the patterns. He's at dinner with her, and he's got this whole thing with the. He pulls out all these charts, and he's like, "Look at the patterns on these charts here." 
And it's funny because I'm like, there are probably a lot of stockbrokers that are not too far off from that. Oh, yeah. Say, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, well, you got to be really smart and you, know, you got to sell high, buy low. And here I have these graphs to show to prove my work. Um, but there, there's a lot of uh, great movies that kind of dive into um, the crazy world of like, uh, um, you know, stocks and investments. Wall Street is probably the most uh, famous one. Um, Boiler Room with a Ben Affleck, great flick. Yeah, um, I love that movie. Am I? The best one, if you haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street with Leo DiCaprio, that came out, what, like five years ago? God, you've seen that, right? That's a oh, yeah, fan- that's a great movie. Fantastic movie. Yep. And so as I was diving through this, um, I forgot about Money Monster with George Clooney. Um, that's actually a pretty good one um, about a guy. George Clooney plays one of those, he's like one of those TV, what's the, I can't think of the guy's name. Um, he plays like a um, one of those like loud eccentric, uh, you know, uh, TV hosts that tells you how to invest your money. Uh, someone follows his advice, loses all his money, and it kind of you know goes a little insane after losing his money um, following advice from this TV host. Um, something that probably is not too far off from real life sometimes. But that's actually, but that's kind of one that under the, under the radar. It's a it's a pretty good movie. I remember seeing it a few years ago. So let's check that out. So I've never seen. I'm embarrassed to say I've never seen Wall Street either. Um, so I might have to go back and watch that. I think my favorite one is Boiler Room. I, for some reason, man, that's I love that one. movie. But yeah, Wolf Wolf of Wall Street. I might have to go. Where can I Where can I go watch that again? I need to watch that again. Great movie. But there's all on demand somewhere, right? Oh, it's got to be yeah. Um, but there's all kind of great movies that are at least loosely related to finance and investing and those kind of things. So plenty of, I wouldn't say uh, plenty of movies to learn from necessarily, but maybe uh, learn what not to do. I guess. What do you, so now that we've kind of taken a whole like kind of a, a generalist look at this entire thing, what do you think about all this, man? Man, it's it's confusing. I think we we said it earlier, but it's it's somewhat simple, but also very very confusing. Uh, again, there's professionals out there to help you with this kind of stuff if you're looking to uh, boost up your retirement savings. So go reach out to them. I, I think it's it's more interesting than I thought it was going to be. To be honest, I know we just covered kind of the v- very basics, the tip of the iceberg, if you will. But there's some uh, some fun topics out there related to this, um, and. I think I'm going to use this as momentum to keep learning more about it, man. I, we're in our forties. We've, we've said it a hundred times, but we should be smart on this kind of stuff. We should know what our money's doing. We should know what our mm-hmm. money's not doing and how to best utilize it. So this is kind of motivate me to, to get a little smarter on this topic for sure. Yeah. Especially now when people are working at home and you may have a little more time uh, on your hands, this is a good time. Well, again, maybe it's not the best time to, uh, uh, track your 401k and that kind of thing, but it's a good time to, to yep. get, uh, get caught up. Uh, like I said, that the, the only advice I would not, uh, this, I'm not giving advice to anybody, just put that <laughs> out there. But my, my only advice is get yourself someone, uh, to help you with your money. Um, that is, uh, um, obviously, uh, a, 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 an accredited professional yeah. is what you need. <laughs> you know, that's what we have in our family. We've got the same guy that's been, uh, working with our family, uh, for more than, 30 years now. Um, um, this is an extremely complex system as we just broke it down and we're having a little fun with it, but, uh, this is all serious stuff, man. This is, I mean, you're talking about the money that you're going to have, um, when, uh, when you retire, which hopefully, you know, uh, when that happens, you can, uh, have, have enjoy those golden years and have some, uh, you know, have some, some funds so you can do the things you want to do. You want to sail around the world and like those kind of crazy, you know, bucket list type things. So this is really, it's really important. I know we joke about it, but it's really, really important stuff. So, um, get yourself, um, 
someone professional to, to help you make some of these decisions. Yes. Um, and also, but it's also good to educate yourself as well so you kind of know um, what the hell you're talking about. So we hope that uh, someone took something away from this. Um, you know, it was fun. This, this is a fun one. This is, this is one that I learned a lot. You know, this is a, it was, it was good, man. Hopefully, others uh, <laughs> can, can view it as the same. You know? It was fun. And for the younger folks out there, start now. Start now. Trust us. Start now. So we appreciate everyone uh, supporting us. We are the Comprehensivists. We're a generalist podcast. We're the everything podcast. You know, this is what we kind of try to do. We try to be more well-rounded, more, uh, um, I take a journalistic view on, on the world and uh, try to, uh, you know, we don't consider ourselves experts uh, in certain areas, but we try to, to um, be as uh, understanding about uh, various topics and subjects and uh, just life in general. And so uh, we, we kind of kind of go all over the place. And so this one was kind of a serious one. I think for our next deep dive, we should do something fun. Yeah, th- 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 this was this was fun. But let me the next one. I'm I think we should debate the most quotable movies uh, movies of all time. <laughs> That's a good one. I like I'm, it. I, I'm still pissed that Major League was not IMDb's uh, top fifty. But we'll get into that. Right <laughs> that is a total. That's a sham right there. Um, but you can find us over at the everythingpodcast.com or if you're really brave, theconferencefists.com. We're also up on the Twitter, Facebook. All the links can be found on the website. Uh, look us up. Any, any parting words there, Houston? Now, hopefully we made this uh, not more confusing. Hopefully you learned at least one or two things. I know I did. And like I said, it's going to motivate me going forward. Interesting topic, Josh. Let's, let's hold each other accountable and keep getting smarter on this because it's going to get more and more important the older we get. So let's do it. You bet. So thank you guys for being here. Until next time, three, two, one, out.